Welcome to the Halloween weekend edition of Time Out with Lance. I am, of course, your host, Lance Sampson, where we'll dive into picks and other sports news, and it's a packed show today, so let's get right into it. First picks we'll make are, of course, from the NFL. Um, first, Thursday night football has come and gone. Last night, the Atlanta Falcons beat the Carolina Panthers 25-17, to and uh, both teams are sub-500, and neither team looks like they're going to really make the playoffs in the NFC South. They can't really contend with the Bucks or the Saints in that division, and the NFC is, of course, stacked like it always has been. So um, good win for the Falcons, I guess, but I think the Falcons overall as a team need to blow things up and trade Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, and just clean house. Moving on to the Sunday games at noon. First, you got the winless Jets um, going to Kansas City to take on the Chiefs at Arrowhead. Kansas City is a minus 20.5 point favorite. That is a ridiculous line. Um, what that's saying is basically Kansas City is going to absolutely destroy the New York Jets. And I do think the Chiefs will cover the 20 and a half. Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs offense is going to destroy the Jets, and the Jets don't really stand a chance against the Chiefs in Kansas City. The New England Patriots will travel to Buffalo to take on the Bills. Um, the Bills are 5-2, and two, the Patriots are 2-4. and four. The Patriots are just kind of scrambling right now. They are not playing very well at all. Um, Cam Newton, their offseason pickup as quarterback, is just not getting the job done. And Buffalo just has to be licking their chops at the Patriots because I think this is the year where the Bills finally take over the AFC East, at least for this year. And uh, I can see the Bills beating the Patriots at home. But with the Patriots, of course, Bill Belichick has had a lot of success in the past against the Bills, so you never know. It could. I can see this being a very close game, but I think the Bills will pull it out. The Tennessee Titans, who are 5-1, coming off their first loss of the, loss of the season last week, to the Pittsburgh Steelers um, in Nashville. They're going to go on the road to take on the Cincinnati Bengals, who are 1-5-1. and one. Uh, Joe Burrow is playing pretty good, the rookie quarterback for the Bengals. But I think the Titans are um, hungry to get a win after their loss to the Steelers last week. Ryan Tannehill's playing at a great level, so is Derrick Henry. Um, the Titans have pretty good receivers, too, and the defense makes plays um, when it needs to. The problem with the Titans' defense is on third down, they're having trouble getting offenses on the field. So I could see Joe Burrow getting a few extra first downs, but Tennessee is listed as a six and a half point favorite in this game. And I don't see how um, the Bengals really hand the Titans another L. So I'll pick the Titans to beat the Bengals. Browns are hosting the Raiders in Cleveland. Uh, Browns five and two Raiders are three and three. The Raiders just got smoked last week by Tom Brady and the Bucks 45 to 20. Uh, the Browns, I believe one last week too. And uh, they are two-and-a-half-point favorites at home. Um, I'll pick the Browns to win. The big news with the Browns is uh, Odo Beckham Jr., arguably their best wide receiver, is out for the season with the torn ACL. So um, Baker Mayfield does have one less weapon to go to on the outside. But looking through stats and listening to the the shows this week, I found that Baker Mayfield actually has a better passer, passer rating and numbers with Odo Beckham off the field. So we'll see how he does. Um, you could bet that the Raiders are hungry after last week when they got thrashed by the, uh, by the Bucks, but I see the Browns winning at home this week. The Colts are going on the road to play the Detroit Lions. Um, this kind of pick em game. Uh, I just trust Indy's defense a little bit, a little bit more and Phillip Rivers will do just enough to put the Colts over the top against the Lions. 
Vikings are one in five. They're going to go on the road to Lambeau Field to take on the Green Bay Packers. Packers are six and a half point favorites in their five and one on the year. Aaron Rodgers is just playing out of his mind. Um, the Packers just absolutely destroyed the Texans last week down in Houston. Um, and I can see more of the same this week. Uh, the Packers are just hungry. They're getting better and better off offensively. And with Devontae Adams coming back into the fold for a second week in a row, I think the Packers are just going to go all, all nuts on the Vikings. And I don't see the Vikings defense being able to keep up with the Packers offense. Rams are five and two. They're going on the road to play Miami. Um, the Rams are coming off their win on Monday night football versus the Chicago bears, 24 to 10. Uh, they will, I think, beat the dolphins. Um, Tua Tagovailoa is scheduled to start for the dolphins, but, um, I think he's going to have a rude awakening to the NFL with the Rams in their front seven led by Aaron Donald. So the Rams, you could, they will cover the three and a half and they will beat the dolphins. Game of the week, I think this week is going to be the Steelers, who are undefeated, taking on the Baltimore Ravens in Baltimore. Baltimore is listed as a four-point favorite in the game. Uh, the thing is, I think the reason that they're four-point favorites is um, they're eared to really end the Steelers' undefeated season. The Steelers are um, pretty confident after coming out of a tough battle last week against the Tennessee Titans. Ravens, of course, have Lamar Jackson, who was the MVP of the NFL last year. Um, a stellar running attack, um, okay receivers, but a very nasty defense. The Steelers have a great uh, front seven defense as well and pretty good secondary. Um, the question is, is uh, Ben Roethlisberger and his wide receivers, are they going to be able to um, really pick apart the Ravens defense? And is he going to be able to um, stand in there and take the heat from the Ravens pass rush? Of course, Big Ben over the years is known to be one of those quarterbacks that can stay in there, play hurt, take a lot of hits, but still get the job done. So uh, this is going to be a close, tightly fought game. Uh, one of those classic AFC North battles between the Steelers and Ravens. But overall, I think the Ravens, um, they're at home. And uh, although there are no hardly any fans there, but I'll pick the Ravens to beat the Steelers at home. So now we're getting into the after the later afternoon games. Uh, this is a 305 central kickoff. You got the Chargers playing the Broncos. Um, I'm, I'm going to pick the Chargers to beat the Broncos. Um, I trust Justin Herbert. He's coming along very nicely in his rookie season. Um, I don't trust the Broncos offense to be very consistent, although they have decent weapons. Uh, Drew Locke is just not getting it done. Uh, Justin Herbert's by far and away better as a quarterback, and I just trust the Chargers to beat the Broncos. The Saints uh, will be on the road to play the Bears. This is a 325 central kickoff on Fox. Um, the Saints... They they are a good team this year, but you know the Bears they're playing very very well. And although the Bears lost on Monday Night Football, I think they'll be hungry to shut down the Saints. You you see with Drew Brees, I mean it's a question or not whether Michael Thomas is going to play because he hasn't played since Week One, and that and that could be the reason why the Saints' offense isn't hasn't been humming along like it has in years past. Of course, you got Alvin Kamara, who's arguably the best weapon, frankly, in the NFL because he can be a deadly running back and a deadly receiver too. Um, and Drew Brees, the downfield passing just is not what it has been in the past several years. And with the Bears, they're going to be hungry in their secondary to shut down the Saints. I will say the Saints are four-and-a-half-point favorites, and I will take the Saints to win. But um, this is not going to be a runaway game for the Saints. The Bears' defense is going to be very, very um, fast, and their Khalil Mack is going to put a lot of pressure on Drew Brees in the pocket. 
Um, but Drew Brees should um, find out a way to pull out a win just because he's Drew Brees and has been in the league for many, many years. The other 325 p.m. Central kickoff is the 49ers taking on the Seahawks in uh, Seattle. See, the Seahawks, of course, are coming off a loss on Sunday Night Football in overtime to the Arizona Cardinals. Um, both these teams, of course, in the NFC West, which is the the best division by far in the NFL this year. 49ers are 4-3. and three. The thing is, uh, the 49ers are getting better and better each week on offense with Jimmy G. But I just think the Seahawks will win this game there at home. Uh, Russell Wilson and Tyler Rockett, DK Metcalf, the rest of the Seahawks offense is ready to put that loss last week behind him whenever Russell Wilson threw three uh, interceptions, one in overtime, too. And uh, the Seahawks should move to 6-1 and one after this game against the 49ers. Sunday Night Football this week is two NFC East teams. The NFC East this year is historically bad. Um, I was listening to Clay Travis of Outkick earlier this week, and he was saying that through seven weeks, um, no no team in the NFC East, whether it be the Dallas Cowboys, the Philadelphia Eagles, the New York Giants, or the Washington football team, none of those teams have reached three wins. And this is the first time since the AFL-NFL merger that uh, no team from a single division has won th- at least three games. So the NFC East is pretty bad. Um, the Cowboys are on the road to take on the Eagles this week on Sunday Night Football. The Eagles are 11-point favorites, and I can see why. Because the Cowboys, of course, Dak Prescott is out for the year with a broken ankle. That Andy Dalton, their backup quarterback, is concussed this week. And I don't even know who the third-string quarterback for the Cowboys is. Um, even though the Cowboys have good weapons on the outside with Amari Cooper, CeeDee Lamb, Michael Gallup, and the rest, um, I just don't trust, trust the third-string quarterback for the Cowboys to get the job done. And Ezekiel Elliott, I think the Eagles are just going to stack the box with their front seven and force the Cowboys to throw the ball. And the Eagles, I think Carson Wentz is getting better and better as the weeks go along. And so with that, I'll pick the Philadelphia Eagles to win on Sunday Night Football. But I do not think they'll cover the 11-point spread uh, against the Cowboys. That's just too big of a number for a close NFC East battle. Monday Night Football this week, you got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers taking on the New York Jets in New York. Tampa Bay is coming off a really nice win versus the Oakland Raiders, 45-20. to Tom Brady is playing... Uh, himself into the MVP discussion. Um, and the Giants are just reeling one and six. Um, their, their season's kind of done at this point. Tampa Bay is a 12-point favorite on the road. Um, and Tampa Bay is just going to win. I don't see how the Giants really stop them. And plus, Tampa Bay does get um, Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown, of course, is um, coming in on a one-year contract to play for Tom Brady. As if you don't remember, Antonio Brown was out of league for a uh, past year or so because um, of his just legal issues, his behavioral issues. Um, he had a lot of off the field incidents. He left the Steelers. He forced his way out of uh, Oakland onto the Patriots. Then he left due to allegations of abuse. And then uh, he was out of the league. And now the Bucks have picked him up again. So that's just another weapon for Tom Brady to work with on any given Sunday. So, um, the Bucks will destroy the Giants on Monday Night Football. Then teams with buys this week are the Arizona Cardinals, the Washington football team, the Jacksonville Jaguars, and my uh, Houston Texans who are looking uh, to trade J.J. Watt, hopefully, because J.J. Watt deserves better to be on the 1-6 Texans this year. So now moving on to college football. Uh, this is week nine. Of course, no team has played nine games because of COVID, but regardless, let's pick the games. Um 
tonight was supposed to be Marshall and Florida International. Marshall was 5-0 and and number 19, but that got postponed. Kansas State is ranked number 16. They're on the road at West Virginia. I'm going to actually pick West Virginia to upset K-State. Uh, West Virginia has beaten K-State five years in a row, and I trust West Virginia at home because Morgantown is a very tough place to play no matter who you are. And uh, Kansas State, they are 4-1, and one, but I just trust West Virginia at home. Texas A&M is uh, at home this week to take on Arkansas. That's a 6.30 p.m. Kick- kickoff central time on the SEC Network. Usually this game is played um, you know, at the 11 o'clock kickoff slot in uh, Jerry World up in Arlington, but this year due to COVID, um, things have changed and it's moved to College Station. The Aggies are ranked number eight this year, and I trust them to beat Arkansas. Arkansas, I think, is better than what their record is at 2-2. Two and two. But I just think uh, A&M, they're playing really, 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 really well right now. They're 13 and a half point favorites. Um, the A&M rushing attack with uh, with uh, Spiller and Anaya Smith is just killing it right now. Uh, Kellen Mond's playing pretty good football. Um, he's like making less and less mistakes, and that's good news to see. Um, A&M is 3-1, and, and I trust... Uh, Trust uh, AM to get the job done. Now, Arkansas does have Kelly Bryant, the uh, transfer quarterback from Clemson, a few years ago. But uh, AM's at home. They will have a pretty decent crowd there tomorrow night, which I'm going to be part of. And uh, I'll call AM covering 13 and a half and beating Arkansas. But that's, that's a tall order, but I think the Aggies can get it done. Clemson is going to host Boston College. Of course, Clemson is ranked number one at 6 and 0. Um, Clemson is 20 half, 24 and a half point favorites in this game. But the big news out of this game is um, Trevor Lawrence, the starting quarterback for Clemson, has tested positive for COVID-19. So he has started a 10-day quarantine. And the big picture for Clemson is if um, if uh, Trevor Lawrence doesn't test uh, negative for COVID, if he keeps staying in quarantine and testing positive, then uh, his status for the game against Notre Dame next week is in jeopardy. Of course, Notre Dame, I think, is ranked number four, and that's a big, big-time matchup in college football next week. So we'll see if Trevor Lawrence gets healthy and tests uh, negative for COVID, and I'm hoping that he does. Georgia is ranked number five uh, on the road in Kentucky. They'll cover the 17 and a half and win. Cincinnati is coming off a nice win last week against SMU. They're hosting Memphis. Um, they should beat Memphis at home. Michigan is hosting Michigan State. Michigan should uh, win pretty easily. Michigan is actually slated to be very good this year. They're 23 and a half point favorites against the Spartans, and they should cover um coast carolina ranked number 20 at five and oh or they are going to be on the road against georgia state i don't see how georgia state wins um iowa state plays a big 12 basement dollar kansas in lawrence iowa state should cover the 27 and a half notre dame's on the road is 20 20 point favorites against georgia tech they should win indiana and rutgers um indian i guess should win uh oklahoma state will host texas in Stillwater, Oklahoma State um, should beat Texas. Texas is reeling this year. I don't see how Texas really recovers this year. Um, and Sam Elgar, like he's going to get drafted, but Texas as a team is just not going to be very great this year. Boise State, um, ranked number 25 on the road to play Air Force, 14-point favorites on the road. Boise State should win. Alabama are, are 30 half, 30 and a half point favorites against Mississippi State at home. Of course, Alabama is coming off a thrashing of Tennessee last week, although they did lose wide receiver Jalen Waddle to a fractured ankle last week. So that's one less weapon for Mac Jones to work with. But Nick Saban and 
the rest of the team should figure it out. And of course, Mississippi State Mississippi State is coming off a loss to um, Texas A&M in Starkville, so Alabama should destroy Mississippi State. Saturday night football game on ABC is going to be Ohio State going to Happy Valley to take on the Penn State Nittany Lions. Uh, this would typically be a whiteout game wherever Beaver Stadium is just blanketed in white, and uh, the opponent, usually Ohio State, would just be absolutely terrified. But there are hardly any fans, so um, Ohio State on the road at Penn State. Penn State's kind of overrated, in my opinion, this year. And with Justin Fields in Ohio State, Ryan Day as head coach running the show, um, I don't see how Penn State beats Ohio State. Florida is at home playing Missouri. They should win. SMU coming off that loss to Cincinnati. They should bounce bounce back when they host Navy. North Carolina coming off a loss against Florida State last week. They should bounce back with Sam Howell under center. They will they should beat Virginia in Charlottesville. Oklahoma. Um, of course, they a couple weeks ago they beat uh Texas in the Red River. Red River rivalry game, and they're on the road in Lubbock to take on Texas Tech. This is going to be a Big 12 classic shootout, um, but Oklahoma, I think, is a little more talented than they'll win. Uh, BYU is 6-0. They'll host Western Kentucky and destroy them as 30.5-point favorites. And, of course, Wisconsin and Nebraska, one of the Big 10 games this week, got canceled because Nebraska's quarterback tested positive for COVID-19. And the ridiculous thing is that um, – Big Ten is requiring 21-day quarantine, which doesn't make sense because the guidelines for everybody is like 10 days minimum, so I don't understand why they're doing 21 days. And since the Big Ten started so late, um, they can't really make up lost games. So it's going to be very tough for Big Ten teams to make a chance, make a viable case for the playoff. I can see, I can see at this point only uh, Ohio State and Michigan making cases for the playoff because Wisconsin won't be able to really make up this game. So uh, good luck to the Big Ten trying to make a – case with multiple teams for the playoff this year. Well, since we now made the pace, let's move on to other, some other sports news. Um, of course, the World Series wrapped up this week. The LA Dodgers beat the Tampa Bay Rays in six games. They won four games to two. Um, so Clayton Carshaw, the best pitcher of MLB in this generation, finally gets his first World Series ring. The Dodgers, of course, um, having been to three straight World Series the past three years, they finally get their ring. Um, but the biggest story to come out is Justin Turner, the third baseman for the Dodgers. He apparently tested positive for COVID-19 um, late in the game, and he left the game after the seventh inning. And then he came back on the field to celebrate, taking pictures with his mask off. The thing is, people are mad, but like, I understand people are crazy about COVID and like you infecting people, but... World Series is one of those once-in-a-lifetime things that you have not a guarantee of getting back to ever, and very few people in the entire world from any walk of life get to experience that. So a World Series title, I think he was justified coming back to the field celebrating. Some people could argue with me, but I just, I'm just i not going to fault Justin Turner for celebrating with the Dodgers and his teammates. So um, good for the Dodgers, I guess, winning the World Series. I'm not really a fan of them because I'm an Astros fan, but um, they got their monkey out their back, and they have won a title and LA has now won the past two major sports titles in America with the Lakers winning the NBA championship, the NBA finals and uh, the Dodgers winning the world series. So um, I guess the next step for the LA is the Rams winning the Super Bowl, but I don't think that's going to happen. Speaking of the Super Bowl this year, 
Um, it's going to be down in Tampa Bay, Super Bowl 55, and it's going to be at about 20% capacity. Well, that's good news to hear because I think the Super Bowl does need a little bit of fans there at minimum. Maybe by the time the Super Bowl rolls around in February next year in 2021, hopefully the capacity can go up a little bit. But for now, it's a 20% capacity. The NBA the NBA is thinking about starting the 2020-2021 season um, somewhere a little bit after Christmas. And some players have come out and said if it's going to start right at or just after Christmas that um, they're going to rest a little bit just because they haven't gotten their full off-season rest. Um, and in that case, the NBA will push the season start back to January or so, and then they'll play games and they'll end somewhere maybe late July Um Usually the NBA does get out mid-June, so the NBA is doing their best to make up for lost revenue and trying to get back on their normal cycle of uh, seasons where you start in like late October and end in mid-June in the NBA Finals. So that's something to wait and see what happens with the NBA. Speaking of the NBA, there's a couple of coaching hires to go around. So the Houston Rockets, they ended up this week hiring Steven Silas, who was an assistant coach with the Dallas Mavericks as their new head coach, I think for a four-year contract. So he gets to coach up James Harden and Russell Westbrook. Um, Steven is, of course, the son of longtime NBA coach Paul Silas. And good for the Rockets. Um, they got rid of Mike D'Antoni. Well, they didn't get rid of him. D'Antoni just walked out. But um, we'll see what Silas does with uh, the new, with his new position as the head coach for the Rockets. Um, and speaking of Mike D'Antoni... Um, he and M.A. Udoka, who was a 76ers assistant coach, they are joining the uh, Brooklyn Nets staff to be alongside Steve Nash, who was recently hired as the Nets head coach. And they, of course, will coach Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and the really good team in Brooklyn. And a couple of other points from Major League Baseball. The White Sox have hired Tony La Russa. Tony La Russa was is one of the best managers in MLB history. Last time he coached, he managed a team. He won the 2011 World Series with the St. Louis Cardinals, and I remember watching that World Series. That was an epic World Series between the Cardinals and the uh, and uh, the Texas Rangers, where the Rangers were one strike away from winning in Game 6, but the Cardinals ended up winning thanks to David Fries and his heroics. But uh, good for the White Sox. They got a really good head coach. Really, really good manager in Tony Russa and White Sox are slated to be one of slated to be one of the better teams in baseball this year. And uh, the Detroit Tigers they have hired AJ Hinch. Of course, AJ Hinch is the head coach. What? Excuse me, the manager who got let go by the Astros due to the the ceiling the sign ceiling scandal for the World Series back in 2017. So. Uh, I guess he'll get a fresh start with the Tigers, who, of course, are one of the worst teams in baseball. So we'll see how that works out. And uh, finally, Steve Cohen has bought the New York Mets for $2.4 billion. I guess he's a New York billionaire buying the Mets. So what? I guess that's news to nobody. But, uh, oh, and finally, also another point that I forgot to mention, Mike, uh, Daryl Morey, the previous general manager for the Houston Rockets, he has now been hired as the general manager, or excuse me, as the president of basketball operations for the 76ers. Elton Brand is still the GM for the Sixers. But the question is now, a lot of people are saying that Daryl Morey could make a pitch to James Harden to have him come to Philadelphia. And of course, they would trade Ben Simmons to Houston. But that makes really no sense because Ben Simmons and Russell Westbrook on the Rockets together doesn't really make a lot of um, 
schematic sense. So uh, we'll see how that plays out. So thanks for checking out the podcast this week. I know there was a lot to get to in this podcast, but I got it all out. Um, I appreciate you listening in and uh, feel free to support the podcast on Anchor. Um, I really do appreciate any of the listening support that you give to me and I will catch you next week in the next episode. Happy Halloween.